All right, this week actually is Vision Rally. It's in our calendar, Vision Rally. And we have been holding our Vision Rally on the first week, or first weekend of March every year. Except for maybe one or two years we miss it. But we have been doing this for maybe more than 10 years. And we thank God for it. And what is Vision Rally? It is a time when I would like to share on the importance of God's house. Sometimes we tend to forget it. We place a lot of emphasis on other things except the house of the Lord, and you seldom hear about it. And it is during Vision Rally that I would like to, that, that I, 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 I touch on the importance of God's house. We are not into any grand building project, but it is just to keep in our focus, our emphasis on the house of the Lord. This is our year of hope, and our text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to verse 8. Shall we stand together for the reading of God's word? Let's stand together. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to verse 8. Let's read out loud. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And a similar passage is found in Psalm 1 and verse 3. Let's read together. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And there is another passage of scripture found in our devotional Bible reading, two-year devotional Bible reading. Today, you know, we, uh, the reading is from uh, Chronicles and also from Psalms 92. Let's read from Psalms 92, verse 12 to verse 14. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the cause of our God. In old age, they still produce fruit. They are always green and full of sap. Thank you. May the blessings of the Lord be upon His word. Please be seated. Three passages of scripture, they talk about the same thing. The only difference between that passage in Jeremiah and Psalm 1 and this passage in Psalm 92 is that the planting of the Lord or the plant of the Lord here in Psalms 92 is in the house of the Lord. Whereas the other passages that we have read, the tree is planted by the river. And I think it's an important distinction for us to recognize that there is the planting in the house of the Lord. And so from this passage in Psalm 92, this morning for Vision Rally 2017, I'd like to share on planted in God's house. Planted in God's house. The exhortation that we have here is firstly to be planted in God's house. Be planted in God's house. That's what 
Psalms 92 verse 13, in the King James Version says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. New King James Version says, Those who are planted. So be planted in the house of the Lord. Where you are planted is very important. It will determine the outcome of your life. When you are buying houses, when you are making a decision where to, uh, uh, where to buy the house or what kind of house to buy, in real estate, they say everything de depends upon location, location, location. The same type of bungalow house will have different price. The one that is the bungalow house that is in Bangsa will cost much, much more than one that is in Shah Alam or Rawang. Why? Location, location, location. Where you, are you planted today? There are a lot of choices, a lot of options, a lot of alternatives for us. You chose to be planted in Petaling Jaya or Kuala Lumpur or in the Klang Valley. You chose to be here in Malaysia. You could have chosen to be planted in Australia, in America, Canada, anywhere. But you chose to be here in Malaysia. There are a lot of options. And where you are planted is very, very important. There may be a lot of options out there. But when it comes to the spiritual thing, there is only one option. There is only one choice for us. The plan and the destiny that God has for us is tied in with the house of the Lord. There's only one place to be planted. And that is the house of the Lord. Planted is a very strong word. Planted means that you are staying firm. You are rooted. You are, you, you, you are staying in a, in a particular location. You, you are staying put in a particular location. And the key to success in life many times depends on this one word. You are planted. As they say, a rolling stone gathers no moss. And those who are just bouncing, running from place to place, they are not planted at all. They will not experience, they will not receive much blessings. But we have to learn to be planted. But we have to be planted in the right place and the right place to be planted is none other than in the house of the Lord. Now, this may sound strange. Planted, a tree planted in the house of the Lord. All the trees are planted outside the house, not in the house. But in the, in the temple, in the Old Testament, you find that right in the middle is a temple court and it is an open space. A tree can be planted there. And in some oriental houses, you find that they have a courtyard right 
in the middle of the house. It is an open space. Many years ago, I stayed with one Indonesian pastor. His house is fantastic, you know. Right in the middle is an open courtyard and, and the rooms and all that are built around it. And right in the middle is just open. It's beautiful. And that's the picture. The house of the Lord and right in the middle of the house of the Lord, there is a tree that is planted in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is very important. The phrase, the house of the Lord, is used 213 times, and house of God is used 87 times, altogether 300 times. Now, many of us may not even bother thinking about the house of the Lord, but in the Bible, when it is mentioned so many times, it shows it is important. It is important. God's house is definitely a place of great importance. Psalms 135 verse 2. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the course of the house of our God. Psalms 84 verse 10. Better is one day spent in your course than a thousand elsewhere. Psalms 52 verse 8. I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. The house of God. The psalmist constantly talks about the house of God. So we are to be planted in the house of God. And in our days, the house of God is none other than the church. Planted. Why is it so important to be planted in the house of God? Because the blessings is in the house. When you plant anywhere else, outside, you find that, yeah, you may, you may experience success to a certain level, but at the end of it, there's not the true blessings that God wants to give to you. There's still the emptiness, there's still the frustration, there's still the meaninglessness of it all. But when you are blessed and you receive the blessings in the house of the Lord, it is very, very fulfilling. The blessing is not outside. The blessing is in the house of God. Look at the kind of blessings that God gives for us. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. God promises that throughout life, the righteous will flourish and grow like the palm tree and the cedar. Flourishing. People who are planted in God's house, they flourish. Flourish means to grow, to thrive, to achieve success, to prosper, to be productive, to reach a height of development or influence. To flourish also means like the breaking forth of the bud. It is a breakthrough in your life. You begin to experience breakthrough after breakthrough in your life when you are planted in the house of the Lord. Like a palm tree. Now, there are many varieties of palm tree. But all of them have almost the same or similar characteristics. And the palm tree is one of the most versatile tree. A very, very useful tree because you can use everything from that tree. From the fruit, you get palm oil for cooking. From the sap, you can make a drink. 
from the leaves, you can get brooms or make even a, 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 a roof, temporary roof for your houses. And from the stem, you can use the beam for construction for different things. But one of the main characteristics of the palm tree is that they are very versatile and flexible. They survive in tough climate, especially in tropical countries. And they can survive even hurricanes and typhoons. The hurricane may blow at them. And the beautiful thing about the palm tree is they will bend, but they will not break. And after the hurricane, you find that, hey, that palm tree is still standing there. Why? Because they bend, but do not break. And that's the life of a Christian who are planted in the house of the Lord. Not to say that you are sheltered from the storms of life. The typhoons and the storms, you are still blow. They may bend you, but they will not break you. You will bounce back. Can somebody say amen? And there are many in the house of the Lord. Right here in glad tidings, who are just like a palm tree. You have gone through several, maybe you have gone through several crises in your life. Or perhaps even in a church. The storms have come, the storms of life have beat you up and, 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 and threatened to uproot you. You were banned, but you were not broken. Some others were uprooted. They left the church, perhaps they even leave God. But you remain as a palm tree, banned, but not broken. Thank God. And may the Lord continue to cause you to flourish in the house of the Lord. Not only will you flourish, but people who are planted will grow. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. One thing that the country of Lebanon is known for is their cedar. Even, even right in the times of Solomon, Solomon would sign a treaty, make arrangement with a king there, and they will send him the cedar of Lebanon to build the house of God. Why? Because the wood is so precious and very, very expensive. Very solid. No termites can eat it. They try to eat it, they will have their teeth broken. You know? So solid. And one thing about cedar tree, they grow tall. About 10 years ago, I was there driving in a taxi, or, or, or sitting in a taxi, you know, going to Beirut, and there it is a very mountainous road from Syria to Lebanon or to Beirut. But the beautiful thing along that journey is the mountain slopes are just filled with cedar trees. Tall and majestic. Beautiful. These are not all those jungle trees and all that. These are cedar trees lining the mountainous road. And when it snows, you find the trees covered with white blanket. Beautiful. And you shall grow like the cedar. The cedar tree can grow up to 130 feet. 130 feet. 
but it will take them about 100 years to reach that height. And they can continue to live. And as long as they live, you find that they will continue to grow. They say that there are cedar trees that are about 1,000 years or even 2,000 years. And as long as they are alive, you find that the cedar trees will grow. And that should be the life of a Christian. We are always growing. It doesn't matter whether you are one-week Christian or whether you are a 50-year-old Christian. We have to keep growing. Somebody say, Amen. We have to grow. Grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Strong, solid, majestic. And God wants you to grow. In this house, we are family. But God wants us to grow strong and solid. God wants us to stand with one another. You know something about the willow, weeping willow tree? Actually, it is said that the weeping willow tree can communicate with each other. They don't talk as we talk, but they do communicate. For example, if one weeping willow tree is attacked by the caterpillar or the webworm, then that tree that is under attack will secrete a chemical to warn the other willow tree. And when they catch the scent of that chemical that was released by that tree under attack, then the other weeping willow will secrete a chemical called tannin into their leaves. And that chemical tannin will keep that tree from being attacked by the insects. If the insects try to attack the leaves, you find that the leaves become indigestible. And so the insects will keep away. And it is so beautiful. Even weeping willow trees can communicate and protect one another. And this is the house of the Lord where we grow. We are family. But it doesn't mean that everything will be well and fine. The enemies will try to attack. And we must protect one another. We must warn one another. In this house, we are family. But in this house, we are real. We also make mistakes. We give second chances. We say thank you. We say sorry. We forgive. We stand by one another. That's how we grow. Flourishing, growing, and people who are planted produce fruit. They will still bear fruit in an old age. People who are planted don't just attend, or sort of people who are, are, are fruitful, they are, they are not just attending church, but they are productive. They are making their life count for the kingdom of God. They are here not just to attend church, but to fulfill the call of God in their lives, to bear fruit for God's glory. And he says here very clearly, they will still bear fruit in old age. In old age. It is not just the young. Praise God for the young people. God has a great future for each and every one of you. But even in old age, God does not forget us. The righteous still bear fruit in old age. Thank God for all the seniors in our church. God will continue to bless you 
and you will bear fruit even in old age. Let's give a hand for all our senior adults in the church. Praise God for that. We really appreciate you. You are useful. You are powerful. The glory of the Lord is upon you. And they are fresh and healthy. The blessing of God is in the house. And those people who are planted, they stay fresh and they stay healthy. And that's what God wants for us. Fresh and flourishing. As long as you are in the house of the Lord, the promise of God for those who are planted is a flourishing, fresh and fruitful people to the glory of God. Flourishing, displaying spiritual beauty, fresh, being spiritually healthy, fruitful, bearing spiritual fruit. And all these are attainable. All this is part of being a tree planted in the house of the Lord. This is a cedar tree. And, and, as, you, and as you can see, they, they, they grow very well on mountainous slopes. And their branches just spread out, just spread out far and wide. There's another tree that looks like this. And what tree is this? The bonsai tree. <laughs> yes, this is a bonsai tree. And what's the difference? The difference is their growth. One will grow up to 130 feet, even 150 feet. But the bonsai tree cannot grow. So the bonsai tree's growth is measured by centimeters, not by feet and meters. If it grows by one centimeter, wow, that's very good already. And how come the bonsai tree cannot grow? This is Japanese technology, Japanese creation, the bonsai tree. Because when the sap is young, they will just be taken out and they will tie up the tap root. The main root is tied up so that there will not be any nourishment and some of the other roots are also cut away and then they are replanted. And because the tap root, the main root is tied up, this bonsai tree will never grow big. And they will always remain small and for many of us, cute. Cute, isn't it? And there are many Christians who are like bonsai tree. Very cute. Very cute. But they will never grow. They can never grow. Their lives now, compared to 10 years ago, still the same. They never grow in their prayer. They never grow in their spiritual walk. They never grow in their giving. They never go grow in their ministry. They never grow out of bad habits. They never have victories in their life. God wants us to be like the cedar of Lebanon. Not the bonsai of Japan. Then to your neighbor, are you a cedar or bonsai? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sida, yes. Some of you say, I like bonsai, lah, actually. <laughs> Cute and all that, but no growth. What's the point? Brothers and sisters, God wants us to grow. Be planted. Stay flourishing, fresh, growing, fruitful. Be committed to daily prayer, daily reading of the Word of God. That's how you are planted in the house of the Lord. Be committed to a cell group, to the church, in the house of the Lord. That's how you grow. Be committed to serving in a ministry. That's how you become fruitful in the Lord. Be planted, grow, and bear fruit for the glory of God. But after you are planted, you have to stay planted. Everybody say, stay planted. It is important for us to stay planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. As we have mentioned in that word, planted, it means to stay put, stationary, and perhaps even permanent. But we have to stay planted. You see, we are called and planted by God. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. He planted, just like He planted a garden, God planted the man in the garden. And in verse 15, was the reason for the planting. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. You see, God has called each and every one of us and planted us in a particular place so that you can flourish, you can grow, you can be fruitful. God plants us in a ministry and church for a reason. You are called and planted by the Lord. And as long as you stay in that place where you are planted, you will flourish. But sad to say, for Adam and Eve, they did not stay planted in the Garden of Eden. They uprooted themselves. They left the Garden of Eden. And they were kept out of the Garden of Eden by a flaming sword of the Lord. And the consequences of it all is felt throughout all mankind for all time. They uprooted themselves because of disobedience. They uprooted them themselves because of the choices that they made. But God has planted us in a ministry and a church for a reason. You're not here by accident at all. None of us are here by accident. God has called and planted you here in Glad Tidings. 
Maybe when you first came, somebody invited you. Or maybe in the beginning, you were looking for a church. And I would, I would love to hear stories of people, how they are led here to glad tidings. It is not just any church. You cannot just simply be planted in any church. It is God who does the planting. Maybe you prayed about it and God let you here. But since then, you've been planted in God's house. I remember when I was searching for God, I couldn't find Him. For two years, I searched for God. I could not find Him. But one day, on January the 2nd, 1975, the Lord spoke into my heart. I was not even a Christian yet, but I was searching for God. God knows the hunger in my heart and spoke to me just three words. And God said, go to church. Man, I, sometimes the revelation of God is so profound, isn't it? Just go to church. I was searching for God outside the church. In booths and interviews and this and that, everywhere except where God is to be found. In the church. Oh, in the church. Then after that I asked, but which church? I'm lost. Which church? The only church I knew in Alastar was the one that I, I passed by, you know, as I cycled to school. So I said, okay, I'll drop by that church. But it happened to be a Chinese-speaking church. So I don't speak Chinese at all. They directed me to the English branch. I went over to the English branch. The pastor was very nice, a great church and all those things. But I was not touched in any particular way as yet. I mentally accept everything. I accepted the Lord mentally, you know, but... You know, it was, it, was, it was just a mental ascent. That was from January the 2nd onwards. But on January the 27th, I dropped by this church, uh, an, an Assembly of God church, a Pentecostal church, and the service was almost over. But the moment I stepped into that church, the presence of God just overwhelmed me the love of God just touches me. And I don't know what the preacher was talking about. The service was almost over. But that moment, tears just were streaming down my eyes. And I know this is the place. And that's my home church in Alostar. And I've been planted there. Although I was there for two years only. After that, I went to Bible school. But whenever I go back, and even now, I always remember that as my home church. And that's about 41 years ago. Or rather, 42 years already. That's where I was planted. And then God brought me here to Glad Tidings in 1992. So it's been almost 25 years I have been planted called and planted in glad tidings. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you know what? 
Yes, the church has been blessed, but much more than the church has been blessed, I myself have been blessed. My ministry has flourished. Not because I'm greatly, I have great talents and all that. And that's where a lot of ministers and pastors made a mistake. The moment God bless them, they think that they have something great. But no, it's because we are called and planted in a local church. And God will cause our ministry to flourish in that local church. And it is the planting of the Lord, not of any man. We are called and planted by God. Thank God for all the pastors and ministers and, and members and leaders. You are planted here and God will cause you to flourish as long as you are planted in the house of the Lord. You will flourish. So you have to stay planted. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 to verse 23 talks about the story of the prodigal son. He has everything in the house. He has everything. The father's attitude is everything in the house is yours. He said that later on to the elder son. But the biggest mistake that this son made is he left the house. He said, Father, give me my inheritance. No problem for the father to do that. He gave him the inheritance. He can enjoy the inheritance in the house. But the mistake he made is he left the house with the inheritance. Famine struck. The enemies attacked. He lost everything. He lost the protection that is found in God's house. And to cut a long story short, Fortunately, he came back to his senses and says, I have everything when I was in my father's house. Now, he came back to his senses and he said, I will go back to my father's house. And he went back. He went back. The father was waiting. Oh, overjoyed. Embrace him. Put on him the rope and the signet ring. And the father slaughtered the fatted calf, the best calf, to welcome home the Son. And that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. We who have left the Father's presence, we who have left the Father's house, and now we want to come back. Praise God, the door is open. The Lamb of God has been slain for us. We can come back to the Father's house. So we have to stay in the house. Otherwise, the protection of God is not there. Out in the world, you find that the enemies will begin to attack and steal and rob him of everything that he has. Stay in the house. I'm sure this is nothing new to you. You keep on telling to your children, isn't it? Stay in the house. When there is a demonstration going on, some of you are so scared. You not only tell your children, stay in the house, you yourself stay in the house also. You dare not even go out, even though you had a very important uh, uh, appointment. During times of curfew, stay in the house. And you want your children to stay in the house because the house signifies protection, provision. 
if it was even in the physical realm, in the natural realm, how much more in the spiritual realm? God says, stay in the house. You can enjoy the blessings in the house. You see, it's the house that is important. It's not the people. And the people, I mean, it's not the main person there. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed to grow. God makes the seed to grow. That's why Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. He says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is Cephas? Or Peter? He says, we are all servants of God. You see, we have to stay planted in the house. Some Christians, they bounce from church to church looking for the latest, latest fad. Some Christians keep looking for the famous pastor. And their life is planted not in the house of the Lord, but in people, preachers, pastors. And if something happens to them, oh, their heart is so broken. Some people are planted in their own house. They say, we don't need the local church. I can have service in my own house have a big screen TV, smart, smart TV, and on YouTube can bring in the most famous preacher in the world right there in your house. But they are not tied to the local church. That's not the plan of God. You may receive some spiritual food, from these tele-evangelists or preachers or on YouTube. But that's not the house of God as God intended it to be. So you are planted in the house of the Lord, not in any personalities at all. And you are planted. You are not buried. Do you know that? What's the difference between planted and buried? They are still both underground. But buried means you are dead. But planted means God has a purpose. You may go through the darkest time of your life. There's no light at all. And you're wondering, why am I buried underground? Nothing's happening. But you are not buried. You are planted. In Isaiah 61 verse 1, to all who mourn, to all those who are going through the, dark, through the dark, uh, darkness of the soul, to all those who are going through trying difficult times. God says in verse 3 of Isaiah 61, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. You are like the great oaks, you shall, you shall spring forth, you are planted, not buried. Remember that. 
God did not bury you, He planted you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, even through sufferings, even through hard times, He's not burying you. That's not the end of you. He just planted you. And you are going to flourish, you are going to rise up, you are going to thrive, you are going to be fruitful. Tell your neighbor, you are not buried, but you are planted. Amen. So stay planted. Stay planted in the house of the Lord. And finally, we have to start planting in God's house. We have to be planted, stay, stay planted, but not only that, we have to start planting in God's house. There must be that commitment to the house of God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. Your prosperity and the prosperity of your house is tied in to the prosperity of God's house. We were planted. Glad Tidings was planted in 1963 in that chapel house a building in Glad Tidings. That was from 1963 until 1984. How many of you were planted then? 1963 to 1984. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Wow, come on. Give all these things a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of you came later. Others were there earlier. And I think after you were there in 1963 itself, right? Right from the very beginning. Praise God for those who were planted and still stand tall. And then God bless us and planted us in this building in Jalan Gasin, 1984. After that, we extended, you know, part of the church went to uh, the state cinema. But how many of you were there? And you, you know, you were saved, you were baptized, or something happened, and you were there in that building. Can you please raise your hands? Come on, raise your hands. That's right. Come on, raise your hands. Give them all a big hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I know you were much younger then, okay? But you, you know, you were there. Praise God. And then in 1997, God blessed us even with the state cinema. But it was only the youth church and the Chinese church that moved over there to cater for the growth. And we were there for three years. Praise God for that. We were planted there and the church grew. How many of you were in that cinema? The former state cinema. Raise your hands. Yes. Yes. Give them all a big hand. Come on. Out in the balcony too. You were there. You know what it is like. And you stay planted even up to now. But then in 2002, God did a new work and we were planted on this property, phase one, building God's great house. From 2002 to 2005, and you know, this house was constructed, and we moved in in uh, uh, August 2003 in this beautiful facilities, phase one. And then after that, the Lord continued to bless us, and we have phase two. 2010 to 2013. The decision was made actually in 2009, but the uh, parliament was started in 2010, 
and we have the building a living church of the future. Glad tidings. Phase two. Thank God for Vision Center. Phase two. That included at the MPA, Hall one, two, three, multi-level car park, garden chapel, prayer tower, and a host of other facilities. And this facility, this house of the Lord, Vision Center was dedicated at our jubilee and dedication celebration in August 2013. And that was exactly 50 years since we were first planted in Jalan Gasin. But brothers and sisters, that's not the end. That's not the end. Thank God for those of you who have been here since 2003 or from 2003 until 2017 now. How many of you, you know, came in to this place during this time from 2003 to 2017? Raise your hands. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. But brothers and sisters, that's not the end. The next phase, phase three, is Vision Convention Center. It was at first slated when we planned phase two. Phase three is slated to start in 2017. But now it's already 2017. We have not made any decision yet. Continue to pray along this area. When we launched phase two, the reason why we broke it into phase two and phase three is for two main reasons. Financial consideration. We do it in phases, it'll be easier to handle. And number two is because of logistic reason. While we were building phase two, services continued on right here in phase one. So we don't have to look for another place to meet and you have to wait two, three years for the place to be, uh, 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 to be completed. But because of these phases, we are able to enjoy services. And now, phase two is in the horizon. The plan is there, actually, from phase two. The only thing is we did not carry it out, but we stopped there. The actual, the final plan will, may, may, may be very different from what has been drawn up but the work is not yet completed. The house of the Lord needs to be built. There are different considerations and all these, the leadership definitely will look into it. But we'd like to just bring it in your forefront that you realize that there is a house that is waiting to be built. And what is needed is not just finance. More than the finance is the heart. The heart of the people. If we have the finance, we do not have the heart, nothing will work. But if we have the heart, we may not have the finance. It can still work. David said, I had it in my heart to build a house for the Lord. First Chronicles 22.7 do you have it? Do we have it in our heart to build a house for the Lord? After talking about the house of the Lord, 
the importance and the blessings in the house of the Lord. I pray that all of us will capture that and have a heart for God's house. David was not to be the one chosen to build a house. But he undertook to make preparations for it. And David said in 1 Chronicles 22 verse 5, I will begin making preparations for it now. He will not leave to see it. But that doesn't mean he is passive. He made preparation for it. In the greatest way that he possibly can. And so brothers and sisters, we are planting for the future. And thank God for all those who are planting for now and for the future. As Warren Buffett said, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. We are sitting in the shade today in this Maranatha Hall because someone in 2002-2003 planted a tree. And your children and your children's children will be sitting in the shade in the future because that someone plants a tree today. Will you plant that tree? Thank God for those who continue planting. We completed Vision Center Phase 2 in 2013. But you see, although we do not have any collection made, appeal or pledges, the people continue to give. In 2014, we collected 768,000. 2015, three, about half of that, 383,000. And 2016, 388,000. No pledges, no appeal, but people continue to have a heart for God's house. Thank God. And that's all that I'm asking today. In the weeks, in the months to come. Have a heart for God's house. Write out a check. Commit certain part of your giving to the house of the Lord. In fact, I do it every week. Every week when I write out my tithes and my missions, I included even the house of the Lord. And I've been doing that for years already. And I know that some of you are doing that as well. That's why we have this amount. It's not a big amount, but it comes from the heart. Thank God for you who have a heart for God's house. You see, the vision is for God's house. This vision is not determined by the economy of the nation by the economy of the land or by political situation. But it is determined by God's heart for His house. It is a vision, not of the flesh. Seen not with the naked eye, but seen through spiritual vision. As what Pastor Kali Kwan Min have shared last week, it is a spiritual vision. 
Elijah saw something that the servant could not see. And he prayed for God to open his eyes. God opened our, our eyes today that we may catch a, capture a vision for your house. And that vision is great. That vision is very great. The power of God is in his house. The blessings of God is in his house. And God's house blesses people. Souls have been saved in the house of the Lord. Lives have been changed. People who are possessed by the enemy have been delivered. Strongholds have been broken. God blesses His house and God's house blesses. Just like I shared with you, 27 of January 1975, I walk into that church not knowing what has happened, but the presence of God is in that house. Small church in a semi-detached house in Alostar, but the presence of God was there. And the presence of God is here. God's house blesses. Just as the presence of God was there in Solomon's temple, when God says, I have decided to put my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. That's the commitment that God has made to His house. And no wonder the house of God has been a blessing to so, so many and to all of you here. Let's plug into the blessings that is in God's house, the power that is in God's house. Every week, miracles are happening in the house of the Lord. And it's happening even right now. So brothers and sisters, planted in God's house, be planted, stay planted, and start planting. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God that I'm planted in God's house. It's a privilege. Let's continue to serve the Lord and to worship Him in His house. Let's stand together.